This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 7.36 a.m. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wang Xiaoning and Chong Jen Sun. Now, in half an hour, we do have the breakfast grill. Xiaoning, tell us who's in the hot seat today. Ooh, the lead economist for Malaysia from the World Bank, Apova Sanghi, he's going to be in the studio to discuss the recently released Malaysia Economic Monitor. Now, the World Bank has projected economic growth of 4% for 2023. Sounds pretty okay. It's moderate considering the uh, global headwinds that we are facing. But I'm going to sit him down to ask him, what are the structural reforms that this country needs? Uh, whether we have the political will to push it through and a little bit about the digital divide that ails this nation because when we have digitalization, so much good can come from it. But why aren't we moving in the right direction? Such a timely conversation to have uh, just a couple of weeks away from budget 2023 uh, and really looking at the longer term policy measures that we need for our economy. Stay tuned to that conversation after the 8 a.m. news bulletin. But we're turning our attention now to what's happening between the U.S. and China. Any hopes for a thawing of relations between the U.S. and China were popped last week by a Chinese surveillance balloon the size of three buses that flew into U.S. airspace. China said the balloon was for meteorological research and had accidentally floated over U.S. territory due to westerly winds. However, the U.S. countered that it was a violation of sovereignty and shot down the balloon over U.S. territorial waters during the weekend. Now, this incident led to a postponement of the widely anticipated visit to Beijing by U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, which had been scheduled for Sunday. So then, what are the implications of these developments for the already rocky U.S.-China bilateral relations? Joining us on the line to discuss this latest twist in U.S.-China tensions is Chong Jayan, Associate Professor at the Department of Political Science, National University of Singapore. Jayan, good morning. Thank you very much for joining us. Now, Beijing's explanation that the balloon was a weather research airship which had blown off course did not satisfy U.S. authorities. Why was the balloon seen as a significant security threat to the U.S.? Well, the balloon wasn't seen as so much a, a significant security threat, but a violation of uh, U.S. airspace. The U.S. side had indicated that they had taken measures to uh, minimize whatever surveillance risks uh, from the balloon uh, that might uh, come about, especially as it loitered over the uh, nuclear missile silos in Montana. Uh, but uh, they were particularly unhappy at the fact that the balloon was going uh, into U.S. airspace without permission uh, and that you know there was no uh, prior warning from, from the PRC side. So I think that's, that's more the crux rather than the security risk at this point. And Jayan, the balloon incident scuppered the scheduled visit of U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken to China this week, which, which would have included a meeting with President Xi Jinping. How detrimental is the visit postponement, postponement to U.S.-China ties? So ironically, the uh, balloon uh, shows why the U.S. and China probably need to talk. There is... Um, the fact that they've not had direct communications at both the senior and uh, working levels for a while means to say that there is a lot of room for miscalculation. There's a lot of room for misunderstanding. Uh, and I think the balloon really, um, the balloon incident really highlights that. So uh, they need to talk, but because of the sort of politics of um, the balloon, the, the fact that it triggers on the U.S. side a uh, a uh, 
a, a desire by a already, already skeptical political class and also U.S. public uh, skeptical of the PRC that makes a movement on the Biden administration uh, more difficult. At the same time, on the Chinese side, I think coming out from COVID zero and um, the, the the COVID infections and the slowing economy, they don't want to look weak either. So we're at a little bit of an impasse right now. Uh, there needs to be political will on both sides, uh, a willingness to spend political capital before we see uh, momentum get restarted again, even if sort of in a very um, you know uh, slow and halting manner. Now, I'm baffled by this whole incident in the first place because uh, the Chinese seemed very keen for Antony Blinken to visit Beijing. So why a balloon now at this time? Your guess is as good as mine. This is a big mystery. <laughs> uh, I'd like to know. So the, the Chinese side, their explanations have been a bit baffling. They say that it's uh, a, a civilian balloon. They've referred to uh, a corporation, you know, corporate interest. So what what is this corporation? Who are they? Why are they launching balloons? Uh, we have no idea. Um, and then the Chinese response was also interesting in that they suddenly changed uh, tone, right? They became a lot more strident after the shootdown. If it is true that this is a balloon that has gone off, uh, gone off course, can't really be controlled, um, at some point it will become a potential threat to air navigation, right? As it starts to lose the helium gas and comes down. So you might want to take it down. But the PRC side was very strident. Um, and if we compare with PRC behavior when they... Uh, when they allege uh, incursions on their territory, they've been um, they've used military aircraft, ships in a very, um, I guess, challenging way to to other air forces and, and, and navies, Coast Guard and other ships. So in some respects, it seemed that shootdown and the response to shootdown and all that, um, you know, it's odd because it parallels so much of the Chinese anxieties when it comes to uh, what they see as territorial incursions. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of mystery around it. So we know that um, the U.S. currently is collecting the debris from the balloon that was shot down to study it further. What do you think? What would happen? um, What are they going to do from now? What kind of factors will influence how the U.S. responds to China on this issue? Are we going to see some kind of retaliation on this? So um, the U.S. side, they've um, been collecting debris. We're not sure uh, what they will end up collecting. And also when, you know, when they do collect um, and have done the analysis, um, wh- how much and what they will reveal to the public is, is not known. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, could, they could retaliate, uh, but retaliation, of course, doesn't need to be public. The Chinese side, too, the PRC side, too, has threatened retaliation for the shootdown of the balloon. So um, it might be rhetoric, but I think... Um, We'll probably need some time for both, for cooler heads to prevail on both sides. Um, but what will be known, I I fear, you know, it's not we're not going to know for a long time yet. Mm. And, and accus- accusations of spying involving the world's largest superpowers aren't surprising or new. Is there something different about this particular allegation of spying compared to others? How have similar cases played out in the past? Right. So um, one of the things is that. Uh, a lot of the surveillance can, that can be done by the balloon can also be done by satellite. So why there's a choice to use a uh, more provocative um, measure if it is indeed spying, uh, you know, that, that's a bit of a mystery as well, especially at a particularly sensitive time. What we do know is that uh, balloons have been used um, by in other instances of uh, alleged spying uh, involving the PRC. Uh, there was supposedly balloon flights near the... Um, 
uh, missile test site uh, in in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. uh, there have been uh, other stuff like I guess what they they might be able to do is loiter for a bit longer. Uh, there may be a cheaper option than satellites. They may be able to collect air samples. A lot there's a lot we don't know, um, but certainly there's some suspicion that you know it could actually be a surveillance balloon. I think your Murray Shimbun uh, reported that the Taiwanese had uh, actually detected I think last year a balloon floating uh, near them. So certainly this raises a lot more questions about the intention um, and what can actually be collected and done. Okay, but what does this take? Um, what does it then mean for relations between China and US? Uh, will it just bring out more hawks, especially among US lawmakers? Right, so I think uh, it's not just the hawks. I think people who might be more centrist uh, could be more convinced that the PRC side uh, has uh, nefarious intentions towards the U.S. that, um, as I said, would make any effort to uh, move forward on dialogue uh, by, uh, with, with the PRC on the part of the U.S. more difficult. But the whole uh, very uh, you know public way that we had the shot, uh, shoot down and, and all that, I think also makes it difficult for the PRC side to back down. So uh, we are in a more delicate and complicated circumstance mm. uh, when it comes to U.S.-China relations. Jayan, thanks very much for speaking with us. That was Chong Jayan, Associate Professor at the National University of Singapore, helping us break down the story of the Chinese surveillance balloon that was shot down by the U.S. over the weekend, what this means for bilateral ties. And it's quite ironic, he says, this incident actually shows that the U.S. US and China need to sit down together and have talks but uh, the incident scuppered talks that were planned with Anthony Blinken. Yeah, the timing of this balloon is so strange, right? And uh, at the same time, I think it also raises in the US questions about its defense surveillance system. And did uh, Biden take too long to agree to the to shooting down the balloon? Should it have been shot down earlier? Because apparently it flew over Alaska, which is right. very is very thinly populated. So why didn't they shoot it down then? Why did they wait so many days, especially flying over Montana, which actually houses all these nuclear arms? So I think we'll be watching this space. It's an interesting question. And of course, lots of puns about, you know, hot air and all that. <laughs> I think the media has been having a bit of a... <laughs> they've been having fun with all the references uh, uh, References to deflating ties. Yeah, um, and I mean, why a balloon? It's like a, you know, I guess you had some remarks about that, Jensen, right? Because you can fly higher. Yeah, I was so looking at some diagram. That, uh, average commercial uh, airplane flies at, what, 30, 35,000 feet? And then further up that, I think the balloon flies at roughly like, what, 70, 80,000 feet? So, yeah, maybe it went undetected, like what you said, Shaoning, the incident did expose the weakness of American air defences, which would leave US or its allies potentially unprepared for an attack from an unmanned blimp. Lots of questions that have come out of this, but we'll be following what happens next for sure. We are coming up to 7.47 a.m. After a quick break, we are going to discuss the Unity Fixed Broadband Package and how, uh, whether how far it will go to bridge the digital divide in Malaysia. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.